threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Trump, Trump, Trump. Go, vote, go, vote. Welcome to the podcast. Dude, episode 115. Just go away. Yeah, <laughs> it just goes on forever. <laughs> Um, Halloween hear special. Anything. Music's too loud. Halloween special. Yes. Are you is. excited? I am excited, actually. Okay, this was the toughest Halloween special we've ever done. It was because we feel like we've covered everything. <laughs> everything. There's nothing on Halloween that scares us anymore. But we've found some things that are pretty funny and slightly scary. Yeah, because every town has some weird yeah. monster. Mm-hmm. Like I posted about on Instagram, my hometown had one called the Dead Man's Cave. Ooh, Dead Man's guy. Cave. Wrecked his motorcycle, lost uh-huh. his head, but he put a fish in its place. A fish? Haunts Ooh. the parts of Bear River these days. That sounds about right. So we're going to talk about some of those yeah. scary little we are. legendary creatures. And we, we probably should acknowledge we have a new opener. Yeah. We just went through that. <laughs> Did you just hear it? Did you hear it? Yeah, we, we decided it's been, what, four or five years? Let's, let's spice it up. Let's yeah. change it up. Yeah. Got me pumped. Yeah. Everybody's going to be pissed, I'm sure. Anytime you do anything different, well, shit, that was horrible. That went on for 20. You guys didn't start talking for like 15 <laughs> seconds. Oh, uh, whatever. Anyways, um, we're excited about today's episode because this is a Halloween special and, and we love it. It's Halloween's great. It's the best. We COVID ain't stopping no Halloween. Mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Still got to get my Snickies. <laughs> All right. Yeah, those are good. Hey, Cam, mm. did you know? Most subscription boxes are full of samples and junk you'll never use, but not the Battle Box. It's the monthly subscription box for men and women, full of solid gear for adventure seekers, survivalists, outdoor enthusiasts, and casual preppers. Each month, Battle Box sends you the coolest selection of hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear, all valued at far more than what you'd normally pay. You never know what's in the next box, but here's a sampling of what users received this month. The Revo Knives Ness, the carbon fiber first, actually, that's last month. Never mind. But <laughs> look look at this jerry can. So this yeah, is a mini jerry can. Yeah, Southern Survival Jerry Can. Mil-spec uh, jerry can. It's How really cool. Awesome. Five liters. I'm, I'm so excited about that. And then also, there's a, a knife in there. Uh, it's Is it a Revo Knives? What it is? Oh, yes. Good gracious. It's such a cool knife. It's the Revolt Knives, uh, and it's called the something. I don't know. I don't have the name of it right here. But let me tell you, it's a rad knife. You got to pull hard. I'm terrified. <laughs> Yeah, the shit is on there so well. It's really cool I'm like, because I'm slice my finger. It's a cool it. hunting knife because it has a gut hook that pulls out of the handle. Oh my gosh, he's gonna slice. His I'm so scared up. about it. <laughs> but yeah. But anyways, rad box. One of the best boxes they've had in the last maybe six months. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's I, really good. Some awesome gear in there. All this badassness starts about thirty bucks a month. They've shipped almost a million boxes and one best men's subscription box of 2017. Our listeners get a free knife when you sign up at trybattlebox.com/casualpreppers. That is trybattlebox.com/casualpreppers. Get your first battle box plus a free knife. At trybattlebox.com slash casual preppers. Make something of this 2020. Make, yeah. Get you a box. You gotta salvage covered. what's left. Get right. you a battle box. All right. Yes. All right. Cameron, today is the Halloween special. Um, we've done zombies. We've done witches. We've done uh, classic Vampires. monsters. Yeah. We've done them all. Yeah. So we said, wait, 
impregnated women by ghosts. Oh gosh, yeah, we did do that one. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a good. That one. was a really good one. It's I wonder how we're ghost baby doing right I now. I hope I hope they're growing up great. A healthy ghost baby. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Can't Haunt- wish but anything better than that. Haunting with the best of them. <laughs> um, but so today we decided we would. There's always these crazy stories about these weird creatures or spirits or yeah. legends. And we we picked a bunch of them from across the world, but mostly in the United there's States. There's some huge lists out there. Oh my gosh, there's but so we many. wanted ones that had some uh, sightings, yeah. and <laughs> stories behind them. There's some good ones, and we picked a few that were pretty funny. Sure, yeah. So this is legendary creatures. Um, and episode one, go, go, do it. So uh, <clears throat> let's talk about this one Kay, called uh-huh. the skunk ape. The skunk ape. Have you ape. ever heard of the skunk ape? I think I have. It has different names, too. It does. It goes by the swamp cabbage man, <laughs> the swamp ape, the stink yes. ape, oh the Florida gosh. Bigfoot, uh-huh. Louisiana Bigfoot, yeah. Mayaka ape, Ugh. swamp squash. Mayaka. Mayaka. Uh-huh. The swamp squash. <laughs> this sounds like. I know. <laughs> and the Mayaka skunk ape. So is this Mayaka. basically Sasquatch then? That's what I'm thinking. But yeah. it, it, the drawings don't look like Sasquatch. They don't look it like looks Sasquatch. Ridiculous. Like, okay. It's like no ears, big eyes like an <laughs> owl. <laughs> like, I love everybody's description of them. Oh, the hair, four feet tall. Yeah. Like almost everything's like four feet tall. Four feet tall. I'm pretty tall. So yeah. Four feet. <laughs> Probably four feet. I don't know. So anyways, um, the skunk ape is, or I like to call it the swamp squatch. That's a funny name. That's a good one. Yeah. Is a humanoid creature said to inhabit, do you hear that weird thing with the audio? Don't worry about it. Just go. <laughs> Some uh, in some southeastern states, okay. with reports from Florida being the most common, of course. Of course, it is named for its appearance and unpleasant odor. <laughs> but we know Sasquatch stinks. Too. Yeah, He's we do know that. So I think it is basically just Sasquatch of the South. That's what it is. So, um, but yeah, some of the reports describe the creature as having a pale coloration around its eyes uh-huh. or face, similar to a gibbon. Monkey, a gibbon, or an ape, or whatever. Okay. Reports of the skunk ape were particularly common in the '60s and the '70s. Uh-huh. Seventy-four sightings of a large, foul-smelling, hairy ape-like creature, which <laughs> ran upright on two legs, were reported in suburban neighborhoods of Dade County, Florida. Oh man! In 1977, after a rash of sightings by dozens of eyewitnesses across South Florida or several Florida counties, mm-hmm. a failed-to-pass bill was proposed to state legisla- uh, legislator to make it illegal to take, possess, harm, or mol- or molest anthropoids or humanoid animals. Oh, my gosh. It failed. So, apparently, <laughs> you can still take, possess, harm, and molest anthropoids. The funny thing is there really is laws around the United States that protect, like, like some cryptids. Legendary stuff. Yeah, they yeah. do. I <laughs> It's so weird. We talked about doing an episode on the uh, the cryptids. Oh no, on like state oh. laws oh, that state are just laws. so ridiculous. Because yeah, there's sure. like so many that just. Why don't we just throw that in our law book? <laughs> just put it in there. But put yeah, it at the anyways, end somewhere. Watch out out there if you're from Florida or the southern yeah. states. A stink ape mm. or a, a swamp cabbage man skunk ape. might be watching you might while be. you're out there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Scary deal. Mm-hmm. So, do you, what do you know about leprechauns? Not much. No. They have gold, and uh-huh. they murder people in weird grade B movies. That's right. They do. They do. The name of it's even Leprechaun. Yeah, so do you want to do this this one since it's yours, too? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I forget this one's mine because Kobe was the one that sent me the video That's on okay. One. That's okay. Um, So the Crichton Leprechaun. Lemp- yeah, I think it's Crichton. 
Is it Crichton? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But you could say Crichton. I've <clears throat> never been there. Never been there either. Never heard of it. Um, but it's a like a kind of like a trailer park. <laughs> well, it is a trailer park. Hundred percent. Um, in Alabama, mm-hmm. following. So this happened in 2006, which was funny because this is like one of the first viral videos of YouTube. It's yeah, which it's is so super weird. weird, and it's still there. And Kobe showed me, and it's pretty. Freaking it's one funny. of the best videos I've ever seen. So what happened on March 14, 2006? Local NBC affiliate WPMI TV WPMI TV alerted to crowds gathering in uh, Crichton. Yep, Crichton, you got it. And dispatched reporter. Brian Johnson to investigate. Go on, Brian. Yeah, get on right there, Brian. Had previously received numerous calls about possible leprechaun sightings <laughs> and questions about it from friends at a barbershop and his church. Oh, the barbershop. Things sort of snowballed when the crew arrived. Anchor Scott Walker later recalled with multiple people claiming to have seen a leprechaun in a tree. <laughs> so, <laughs> so stupid. Crichton resident Nina Thomas Brown submitted a crudely drawn sketch oh. of the supposed leprechaun. That was what I posted this morning. To Instagram. And it looks like something out of elementary school. Oh, yeah. And they're all like, <laughs> it's like a famous drawing. Like, a lot of people recognize they it. They put it on the news report. Yeah. And it looks like they sketched it two seconds before they put it up yeah. on the TV. Well, let me see. You got eyes and it had a face. And yep, it's got it a is. hat. Leprechaun yep. hat. Done. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, among those who were interviewed was a woman who opined. Opined. I've never heard that either. Opined. Apparently, I don't read enough books. That's <laughs> all right. Um, I know medical terms, and that's it. That's right. Mm-hmm. That instead of a leprechaun, it could be. She said it could be a crackhead. <laughs> could be crackhead. What, the video of that is so funny. She's like, I don't know. Could be some kind of crackhead. <laughs> She's just like driving by in her car. Yeah, that's. I love how. That assumption that happens all the time yeah. in those neighborhoods. I don't know, probably some kind of crackhead. I'm going home. I don't know what it is. Probably just crackhead. Uh, and another interviewee, DeMarco Morissette, <laughs> claimed iris ancestry and showed off a special leprechaun flute. Yeah. Did you see it? Yes. Oh, my God. It looked like a PVC pipe yeah. or something. <laughs> he said that it claimed was a thousand. He claimed it was a thousand years old. I don't know. It's a thousand years old. So so does the flute, or does, is it supposed to like call the leprechaun? I or? don't know. I don't know why it he's even really showing like it. never went into the story. It's just a flute. It's a flute, everybody. Uh, he became known as the flute man. He did. <laughs> I love how it's so simple. To, that guy's a flute man now. Well, you were on, you're a guy on, on TV with the, the flute. That's the flute man. Um, I actually saw... So, <laughs> I actually saw what was sketched on paper, said Johnson at the time. Some people say it is a shadow from some of the branches being too close, and there is moss on the tree, and that could explain it. That, Certainly, yeah. I don't believe it's a leprechaun. Hmm. So, the piece like aired a bunch of times, and it was actually talked about by uh, even uh, Howard Stern Jeez. and a bunch of different shows about how like crazy and how big this became. <laughs> yeah. But the video is like, all these people are just like gathered around, and they're like, that's a leprechaun! <laughs> like they were all excited about what it. What was the one guy's like? He was all armored up. Everybody said leprechaun or something. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? He's know. like leading chance or something. But he was like directing traffic and one yeah. guy had like body armor. Oh, they had body armor. I'm just getting ready for my what did he say? I can't remember. For my encounter with the leprechaun. Yeah, and he had body armor on. Yeah. So <laughs> um the Bob and Dan show uh-huh. in Dallas conducted a field investigation in 2014, interviewing locals about their memories of the incident. Numerous numerous Witnesses identified the Crichton leprechaun as a local African-American dwarf midget shaman. <laughs> so, 
He said that he was probably dressed up in a leprechaun suit and climbed a tree. Well. Or it could have just been a crackhead. Or it could have been a leprechaun. It could have been. We don't know. Yeah. So that's a Crichton leprechaun. If you want to go see that video, you can just type it in. Or Crichton. Whatever you want. Crichton. Crichton is how you spell it. Here's another one, Cam. Uh, This one comes out of our our nation's capital, uh, the District of Columbia. Have you ever heard of the demon cat? Never. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you about the demon cat. So the demon cat. I'm sure my also- mom's called a couple cats that. Yeah, from a demon cat. That demon cat stealing all cat food. <laughs> the demon cat, also referred to as D.C., okay, demon cat in D.C., Washington, D.C., mm. is the name given to the ghost of a cat, which is purported to haunt the government buildings of Washington, D.C. Oh, <laughs> it is? Yes, uh-huh. So the story of the demon cat. demon cat? Yeah, oh, it sense. dates back a few hundred years when cats were brought into the basement tunnels of the Capitol building, kill rats and mice. Uh-huh. So like, we got all those... These rats, what are we going to do? We're going to get cats. Get a demon cat. Get a demon Well, there wasn't this originally. This must be the tenth life of the cat. Yeah. Originally, it wasn't a, It wasn't like an original demon cat. It was just a it cat. It became a demon it cat became, because it's haunting. Yeah, you got to hear about the story, see? So, um, so legend states that the demon cat is one of these cats who just never left, even after its death. Its home is supposedly the basement crypt of the Capitol building, which was originally intended as a burial chamber chamber for George Washington. So according to legend, the cat is seen before presidential elections and tragedies in Washington, D.C., allegedly being spotted by White House security guards on nights before assassinations of John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln. Wow. Right? So, you know, before presidential elections, that means this demon cat could be coming anytime, anytime. That's kind of Because it's coming, yes. So the cat is described as fully black. So it's just a black cat and the size of an average house cat. Of course. Well, that's exciting. But witnesses report that the cat swells to the size of a giant tiger, 10 feet by 10 feet, (laughs) when alerted. So don't alert the cat or you're going to get a giant. (laughs) Yeah. The cat would then. Isn't that basically a jaguar? I don't know. The cat would then either explode or pounce at the witness. (laughs) Disappearing before explode. it managed. Yeah, it would just explode. What is that? <laughs> There's a demon cat. Oh, no. Yeah, it just explodes. It's like a puffer cat. Yeah. In the, in the 1890s, the cat is said to have inexplicably vanished when some Capitol Hill guards fired their guns at it. And another supposedly died of a heart attack after seeing it. So they're just like, they saw this cat and they just start firing in the Capitol building <laughs> at that sucker. That's the first thing everybody does. Yeah. So shoot it. The way that this uh, came about is actually pretty dang funny. The last official sighting of the alleged ghost was during the final days or aftermath of World War II in the 40s. The U.S. Capitol Historical Society has stated that around this time, the Capitol Police Force was notorious for hiring unqualified relatives and friends of congressmen as favors, and that these men would frequently be drunk (laughs) while on patrol. Right? Doesn't that still happen most of the time with jobs nowadays? Yeah. So it was stated that My it's... My cousin's pretty good at <laughs> patrolling. Yeah, he could probably walk around here, I'm guessing. You <laughs> can find he his can way around. He can He knows where the trigger is. Yeah. It was stated that a security guard was once licked by a cat when he was lying down being drunk. The man thought that... <laughs> I'm just going to be drunk for a minute. <laughs> the man thought he was still standing at the time and was frightened by the apparently giant cat. But it wasn't. He was laying down and the cat was on his face. <laughs> so that's how they said. It seemed like a giant cat. It seemed like a 10 by 10 cat. Because drunk yeah. standing up, but the cat was, but the cat was actually face. on top of his face, basically. 
<laughs> so um, I'm sure you don't hear about this more because it's know. like tied to the super Capitol interesting. Building I've been to the Capitol building twice too, and no one's ever said this. Did you ever see a cat? Those assholes. I mean, I'll, no, I never saw a cat. <laughs> Should be a statue of a cat. Well, here's the thing. What's kept the legend alive all this time? A couple of features in the Capitol building are said to be evidence of the demon cat's existence. The most famous of these... The cat scratch pole. ...is a group of shallow paw prints in the concrete of the small Senate rotunda. Oh. There's some paw prints in there. So that's from the demon cat. <laughs> are they right? regular size? They're, no, yeah, they're just regular size. Oh. So Little feet, big body. Yeah, exactly. Um... And so basically, that fur everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there's Anything fur everywhere. Else? In another part of the building, uh, they also noted that the letters DC have been scratched into the concrete. <laughs> Everyone says that's a demon cat putting his initials there. <laughs> Devil cat. Demon cat was Anyways, that's wow, a demon that's cat. quite the story. Yeah, it's a good one, huh? That is a good one. Next time, or next time, if I ever visit <laughs> yeah. there, I'm going to look for all those check. I wish I would have known Where's this. the paws? Where's I've been the... there twice, and I haven't seen the demon cat <laughs> or the paw prints. Oh, that's awesome. Makes me Scratched mad. Scratched its own freaking initials mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. um, the Enfield Monster. So mm -hmm. here's another one. This is a good one. So the Enfield Monster refers to reports of an unidentified creature around Enfield, Illinois. Um, in April 1973, the reports were covered by the news media at the time with some suggesting they may have been caused by a wild ape or escaped kangaroo. <laughs> I love how it's, it's either a wild ape or kangaroo. <laughs> One of the two. All these exotic things that are like completely. Yeah. Is there a big zoo there? Might have been an ostrich. I don't know. Could have been a floss raptor. I don't know. Yeah, floss or raptor. <laughs> um, used as a case study. This is kind of interesting that this whole thing is what led to like studying yeah. Like sociologists studied collective behavior where a group or crowd can be affected by the spread of group emotions, mm. panics, hysteria, collective visions, and extreme instances of suggestibility. Happens mm. very much. It does. All the time. Happening right Nowadays. now. <laughs> yeah. Happening right now. Nowadays. Sightings. Um, so this is what happened. Okay. About 930 on the night of April 25th, 1973, Henry McDaniel. Oh, H. McD. He heard a scratching sound in his front door. Is that the demon cat? <laughs> I ain't DC. He looked out and saw something that he thought might be a bear. Taking oh. a gun and a flashlight, because we all were American, mm -hmm. he headed outside into a strong wind and saw a creature between two rose bushes. He later said it had three legs on it. <laughs> a short body, two little short arms, and two pink eyes as big as flashlights. What on earth? It stood four and a half feet tall and was grayish colored. He added later that it was almost like a human body. Almost like a human body with three legs? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was a big ding dong. <laughs> I was like, what's with the three legs? He's just a freaking, like a, a streaker. Yeah. Oh, what's that? <laughs> a big old dong. What was that? That's that a kangaroo? Leg, right? <laughs> just some old guy like peeing in the bushes. <laughs> yeah. Got three legs. <laughs> McDaniel fired four shots at the creature. Of course. One <laughs> shot hitting it and causing it to make a hiss. <laughs> Like, looks like a wild cat before fleeing towards a nearby railroad embankment Ooh. covering 50 feet in three jumps oh, boom that got boom. boom it's using that third leg jeez uh, um mcdaniel called the local authorities who discovered footprints in the soft earth near the house yeah. which mcdaniel described as a dog-like in shape with six toe pads what he's confusing me <laughs> no the police considered mcdaniel to be rational and sober well, he seems like a good guy 
I don't think he's drunk. Standing there with a shotgun and no shirt on, probably. Yeah. Um, the police considered him, oh yeah, um, in reporting the incident. In a later press interview, McDaniel said, if they do find it, they will find more than one, uh-huh. and they won't be from this planet. I what? can tell you that. <laughs> one thing I know. Mark I- my words. <laughs> that ain't from Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, anyway, investigators interviewing nearby residents were told that Greg Garrett, a 10-year-old neighbor of McDaniel, claimed <laughs> to have encountered the creature a half an hour before McDaniel did, and oh. the creature had stepped on his feet, tearing his tennis shoes to shreds. Mom, I didn't do this. <laughs> this was the three-legged kangaroo the thing, from the neighbors. <laughs> then jumped off. <laughs> Scared to piss out old McDaniel. Yeah. <laughs> the boy later told Western Illinois uh, University researchers uh that the report was a hoax he mm. to he wanted to tease mr mcdaniel mr. and M. have fun <laughs> and have fun with an out-of-town newsman i'm sorry a little Dad. turd <laughs> little butthole two weeks later though on may 6 mcdaniel called the radio station old mcdaniel claiming to have seen the creature again i love how he's like i'm called radio station three in the morning <laughs> at three in the morning it was negotiating the trestles of the railroad tracks near his home and McDaniel said, I saw something moving out on the railroad track. And there it stood. It oh. didn't shoot at, I didn't shoot at it this time or anything. It started on down the railroad track. It wasn't in a hurry or anything. <laughs> a search party included WWKI's news director, Rick Rainbow. Rick Rainbow. This from WWKI. Rick Rainbow. <laughs> Bringing with you the weekly top 40. Welcome to the Rick Rainbow <laughs> Show. We're talking kangaroos with a third leg. <laughs> Anybody seen a third leg <laughs> tearing kids' shoes to pieces? Yeah. So um, they explored the area and reported observing an ape-like creature standing in an abandoned building near McDaniel's house. They claimed to have made a recording of the creature's cries and fired a shot at it before it fled. Jeez. Everybody fires a shot at it. Yep. What's that? Just shoot. Cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman investigated the case and, and the sound recording. Two days later, a day after McDaniel was interviewed on a local radio, the local press reported that police were called to investigate the reports of gunfire. Sounds like it's going off everywhere in this town. <laughs> the arrested, they arrested five young men from out of town who had come to Enfield in order to photograph the creature, carrying shotguns and rifles for protection, the men having claimed to have sighted the creature. Jeez. They, uh... The White County Sheriff dismissed the reports as this, of this as a monster hunting expedition as an exaggeration, saying the men were just out drinking and raising hell. That's right. So um, basically the town, too, had tried to like <clears throat> downtone all the news because yeah. they're like, I don't want monster hunters here all the time looking for this thing. Yeah, we want a town um, full of monster hunters. They had suggested that this creature may have been a kangaroo that escaped from a nearby <laughs> zoo. Um, which explains the third, the three legs. It's got sure. a big old tail right yeah. between its legs. Um, McDaniel was adamant that the creature was not, was no kangaroo having owned such a creature as a pet while on military service in Australia. What the? And noting that kangaroos have narrow faces and tracks that leave claw marks. Oh. So he's like, nah, yeah. I had a pet and I know what they look like and it wasn't a kangaroo. I'm not no dummy. So who knows what this thing was? Wow. It was the Enfield monster. That's a, That's a long story, but um, that was a uh, that was pretty interesting. That was Daniel had some really good yeah sightings. Old McDaniel had a sighting. Old McDaniel had a sighting. <laughs> yep. So let's talk about the Flatwoods monster now. We had the Enfield monster. Now we're talking about the Flatwoods monster. I got to tell you the story. Could this all be the same. Could be. 
but I doubt it. Yeah. Okay. 7.15 p.m., September 12th, 1952, two brothers, Edward and Fred May. Hey, Edward. Their Fred Tommy Hire said they saw a bright object cross the sky and land on the property of local farmer G. Bailey Fisher. <laughs> this is good. This is really good. The boys went home, went to the home of Kathleen May, where they told their story. May, accompanied by the three boys, local children Neil Nunley, Ronnie Shaver, and West Virginia National Guardsman Eugene Lemon <laughs> went to the Fisher Farm. That sounds like a like a, a good military name. It does, doesn't it? Eugene Lemon. Eugene Lemon. Major Eugene Lemon on duty. <laughs> went to the Fisher Farm in an effort to locate whatever it was the boys said they had seen. The group reached the top of the hill where Nunley said they saw a pulsing red light. I bet that's what it sounded like. <laughs> Lemon said he aimed a flashlight in the direction and momentarily saw tall man-like figure with a round red face surrounded by pointed hood-like shape. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. The Flatwoods monster has frequently been sighted in Cabell County. When asked why Cabell County, the monster responds, my heart has always been at the Traveler's Motel. <laughs> this, this story, truck driver, <clears throat> it's a little hard to, to follow this story, but that's what the monster says when it's asked, apparently. Okay. Doesn't make no sense. Doesn't make any sense. Still a good story. Don't worry uh, about my heart. It's always been here. <laughs> at the Traveler's Cable Motel. County. Descriptions varied. In an article for Fate Magazine based on his tape-recorded interviews, UFO writer Gray Barker described the figure as approximately 10 feet tall with a round blood-red face, <laughs> a large pointed hood-like shape around the face, I like shapes which emitted greenish orange light <laughs> in a dark black or green body. <laughs> it's like all the most extreme colors. <laughs> no. Fuchsia tail. Neon toenails. green toenails. <laughs> yeah. Hot pink toenails. <laughs> Lightning bolts across its arms. I don't know. <laughs> Had a whole bunch of weird like stuff and going on. spit thunder. <laughs> yeah. Kathleen May described the figure as having small claw-like hands, mm. clothing-like folds, and a head that resembled the ace of spades. Oh. You know, like the, oh, yeah. the spades. It's like the hood, you know? Uh -huh. <clears throat> According to the story, when the figure made a hissing sound and glided toward the group, S Lemon screamed and dropped his flashlight, causing the group to run away. This is a National Guardsman that He's, dropped. He ain't no his pants. regular old fella off the street. <laughs> He's seen some stuff. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely seen something. <laughs> the group said that it had smelled a pungent mist and later said that <laughs> they were the nostrils. <laughs> nauseated. Uh, well, I just, you know, when I breathed yeah. in. What is that pungent mist again? Is that you, Eugene? <laughs> Come on, Eugene. You been eating cabbage again? <laughs> oh, did you just say cabbage? You just cabbage man. man. Cabbage man. I got cabbage, cabbage on the man. brain. Cabbage man. Cabbage yeah. man. Then he shows up. Don't say it three times right now. <laughs> the local sheriff and his deputy had been investigating reports of a crashed aircraft in the area. They searched the site and reported the and the, of the reported monster, but saw, heard, and smelled nothing. They said. <laughs> There's no pungent mist. I don't know what the hell these boys are talking about. I don't pungent see nothing. Mist my butt. Don't smell nothing. I got a nose like a bloodhound. <laughs> uh, according to Barker's account the next day, a. Lee Stewart Jr. of the Braxton Democrat claimed to discover skid marks in the field and an odd gummy deposit, which were subsequently attributed by UFO enthusiast groups as evidence of a saucer landing. <laughs> Is that like a, a standard? Yeah. Did you say gummy deposit? Wait. I know exactly what it is. That's a saucer landing. 
<laughs> you know what you got there? If I've ever heard of one, that's dang sauce. You said skid marks? You said gummy deposit? <laughs> Was there a pungent odor? You should call the government right now. You better get to that Area 51. It's a UFO mm-hmm. fighting. And so after investigating the case in 2000, Joe Nickel of the Committee for Skeptical <laughs> Inquiry <laughs> concluded that... Odd gummy deposit. Yeah, concluded that the what bright... The, the bright light in the sky reported by the witnesses on September 12th was most likely a meteor. Somebody always has a story. It's counter another gas. story. Swamp gas off the atmosphere. <laughs> then the pulsating red light was likely an aircraft navigation Gosh beacon. Gosh power company. Gosh power company. <laughs> Brown out. The and that the creature described by witnesses closely resembles an owl. Oh, I've seen owls like that every day of my life. <laughs> Spade-like head, red, green, purple, yellow eyes. Yeah, pungent mist. They land so rough, skid mark. It's giving them gummy. They poop a little bit of gooey gummy stuff, <laughs> and they leave. They've been eating mice. You get that gummy mice deposit. I don't know. Broken down hair. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the that's uh, a, Flatwoods monster. Man, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a lot of interesting stuff there. Yeah. Check that one out. Nitroglycerin plant. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's the goat man. Goat man. Maryland. Oh, Maryland. According to urban legend, the goat man is an axe wielding half animal, mm-hmm. half man creature. That was once a scientist who worked in the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. Agricultural Research Center? Sounds intense. Oh, geez. Study seeds of corn Mm. and wheat and sometimes barley. Germ and whatnot. (laughs) I don't know. It's dirt. It's good dirt. Um, The tale holds that he was experimenting on goats. (laughs) Okay. All right. Must have been real bored. We got a bunch of goats. Let's do some experiments. I'm done with these seeds. Let's get after the goats. (laughs) What if Um, the goats eat the seeds? What happened? (laughs) He ate a whole bunch when we check him out. Um, Experiment backfired, and he was mutated, (laughs) becoming goat-like himself. He then began attacking cars with an (laughs) axe. None of a bee. I'm a goat now, damn it. I want to be human again. Becoming goat, like, he, so he began he, uh, attacking cars with an axe. <laughs> this is smart. That's smart. What else are you going to do if you're half man, half goat? <laughs> Ramming it. Ramming it with his head. Um, roaming the back roads of Beltsville, Maryland. Ooh. A variation of legends tell, tells of the goat man as an old hermit who lives in the woods, seen walking alone at night along Fletchertown Road. Oh, Fletchertown Road? That sounds good. Mm. According to the University of Maryland folklorist, <laughs> that's a study. Yeah, Barry Pearson, the Goatman legend began long, long, long <laughs> three longs, three longs. <laughs> yeah, were further popularized in 1971 when the death of a dog was blamed on the Goatman <laughs> by local residents. Pearson says bored teenagers keep the Goatman legend alive by repeating the story and suggesting <laughs> that the creature attacks couples frequenting. Mm-hmm. The the local lovers lane mm. <laughs> subsequently <clears throat> stirring interest in the sites like Fletchertown Road. Wow, the Goat Man of yeah of Bet- Beltsville, Maryland. <laughs> hey Barry, what do you think about this? Shit, that's easy. Uh, bored teenagers, <laughs> yeah. long long time ago. Yeah, screwing with people on lovers lane. That's all it is. Easy enough. Can I get back to work? Yeah, I, yeah. Dog <laughs> dies every day. Don't worry about it. <laughs> 
Uh, ah, that's, a good, that's one. good. Here's one. You ever heard of the Ho Dag? No, I like the name though. It sounds like it's a dance. Look, gamer tag. You want Ho Dag? Ho Dag. I don't know. Yeah, gamer tag maybe too. Ho Tag one one five six seven. <laughs> yeah, you can't be just Ho Dag. It's got to be Ho Dag nine or something. <laughs> you never see the first one. It's always birth year. <clears throat> so let's talk about the Ho Dag. In, okay. in American folklore, the Ho Dag is a fearsome critter resembling a large bullhorned carnivore with a row of thick, curved spines down its back. Ugh. Prehistoric in suggestion, if you have ever heard one. <laughs> the Hodak was said to be born from the ashes of cremated oxen as the incarnation of the accumulation of abuse of abusive animals that had suffered at the hands of their masters. <laughs> the history of the Hodak is strongly tied to the city of Rhinelander. Rhinelander, huh? Yeah, I ain't <laughs> never been there, but, but I bet it's nice this time of year. In 1893, newspapers reported the discovery of a hodag in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. It it had the hodag. head the head of a frog, the grinning face of a giant elephant, <laughs> thick short legs set off by huge claws. Oh wow! The back of a dinosaur and a long tail with spears at the end. Oh my gosh! So basically, did they asked the every worst nightmare <laughs> you've ever heard of. Did they ask the local preschool to describe it? <laughs> yeah. Um, it has a grinning face and tusks. Yeah, like elephant. An elephant. Yeah, dinosaurs too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> a long tail. Huh? Yeah, long tail. Um, so the reports were instigated by well-known Wisconsin land surveyor, timber cruiser, and prankster Eugene Shepard. <laughs> Yeah. Prankster. Yeah. He who rounded up a group of local pe uh, people to capture the animal. The group reported that they needed to use dynamite to kill the beast. <laughs> this definitely was in the uh, 1800s. Oh, wasn't yeah, for it? sure. For Dynamite's sure. always the choice. A weapon. photograph of the remains of the charred beast was released to the media. It was the fiercest, strangest, most frightening monster ever to set razor sharp claws on the earth. <laughs> now, this might oh. be my favorite part of the story. It became extinct after its main food source, all white bulldogs, became <laughs> scarce in the area. <laughs> all white bulldogs. Not just any bulldog. It's got to be pure, the pure white. The pure stallion of bulldogs. Yes. It's got to be a pure white bulldog. Or uh, I ain't eating. That's what the whole dag says. I got all these nasty looking features, but I mm. only want the white bulldog. I only want the white one. Wow, that's interesting. So Shepard claimed to have captured another hodag in 1896, and this one was captured alive. According to Shepard's reports, he and several bear wrestlers <laughs> placed chloroform at the end of a long pole, which they worked into the cave of the creature where it was overcome. Oh, How am I going to do this? Who am I going to get to help? Maybe if I got some bear wrestlers. Hello, my name's Boris. I'm bear wrestler. I, I'll, I'll wrestle bears. I'll probably get a hold back down real easy. <laughs> yeah. It's like a redneck <laughs> Russian. Well, he's a bear wrestler. He's a bear wrestler. He's a bear wrestler. Got a job broke a couple of times. Um, they ended up finding out that it was all just a hoax by this what? prankster. Yeah, Whatever. That's what they say. But I don't believe it. Legend continues. I believe it. Legend continues about the hodag. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I wonder if more stories from the 1800s, instead uh -huh. of like, got a gun and shot at, it was like, got a little dynamite and threw it out there. <laughs> Stick a TNT. What's up about that bush? <laughs> Blow everything up. This one, I didn't even say it. Letiche? Letiche. 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 The Letiche. I don't know. Is a creature in Cajun for folk folklore in mm -hmm. Louisiana. Louisiana. And which haunts the bayous. That's a swamp if you ever Bayou Billy. wonder. You ever played that game? Bayou Billy? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, a good one. I played that one. It is variously described as a soul of an illegitimate, unbaptized infant. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. Yeah. It's an, un, it's an illegitimate, unbaptized infant. That's probably it. Or a human child raised by alligators. One of the two. <laughs> Wait, so is it both or one of the two? Either of the two. It could be either. In Louisiana. Louisiana. That's what happens. That's what happens. The Leticia. Mm-hmm. Leticia. Hey, Leticia. <laughs> Get in here. Get in here, Leticia. It's said to lurk in the bayous and upset boats. And attack travelers. That's just my favorite thing. An illegitimate, unbaptized infant or a human child raised so by alligators. weird. One of the two. Yeah. Blows my mind. Latisha. Hey, guess what? What? Did you know COVID uh-huh. has led to a five-fold increase in cyber attacks according to the who? <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. So, but guess mm-hmm. what? There's what? a solution to this. What's the solution? Surfshark. That's a solution? Don't be worried about cyber attacks. If okay. If you go and get Surfshark, yeah. a VPN... Uh-huh. Virtual private network. Yeah. It can protect you and all of your devices from online threats. Okay. You basically can go gray man online, shield your information from websites and other online services. Mm-hmm. You no longer have to worry about malware, phishing, of not not phishing, phishing, like yeah. web phishing, if you don't understand. PH. Yeah. Obnoxious and unsafe e- emails and ads. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about them because they don't even exist when you're using Surfshark. Okay. They like it blocks them all out. Mm-hmm. And if you click on them, you're still safe. Get notified quickly if your email or password is leaked with Surfshark's... Uh, I should put the new thing in you here. Need but to. anyways, it's like a HackLock ID protection. Yeah. Um, that's their old name for it. I think it's like... Uh, dang it. Anyway, they have this protection of your email. Yeah. Also, not only does Surfshark protect you, you can use it for entertainment. You can go mm-hmm. and stream Netflix UK if you really want something on there. Yeah. Because it puts you as if you're in that country. <laughs> Pretty cool. So um, it's super easy to use. The app is like the cleanest I've seen of all the VPNs and it covers every device. That's the big thing. That is the big thing. It's like you don't have to buy a limited five device only service. When you pay for it, it's yours. You can access it anytime you want. Right now, um, uh, now you can spend a total of, gosh dang it, I had this updated. I don't know what to Um, say. 85% off. And three extra months for free if you use casual preppers. You got to use that code, though. But you got to go to surfshark.deals slash casual preppers. Mm-hmm. Enter our code, 85% off. I'm telling you, this thing, even if you don't even know what it is and want to try it, you get 30 days for free. Yeah, just try it. Just try it out and see if it's going to be useful for you're you. You're going to like it. Yeah, you will love it. You'll love it. Um, Probably as much as you're going to love Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp. <laughs> Probably. All right. Let's, t- let's go back to the 80s, the late 80s. I was about seven yeah. years old when this thing went Seems down. Seems like most of these are the 70s. They're 70s. Some There's drugs, a lot in the 70s. Some exploration was happening. Exactly. But let's talk the 80s, about it's a little newer. July 14th, 1988, the Lee County Sheriff's Office investigated a report of a car damaged overnight while parked at a home in the area of Browntown. Browntown. <laughs> Browntown. I bet outside, it's not that anymore. Uh, it's probably not. Outside Bishopsville, South Carolina, on the edges of the skateboard swamp. The car reportedly had tooth marks and scratches with hair and muddy footprints left behind. That's scary. It actually happened, though. That's a report prompted by the news of the vehicle damage. (laughs) 17-year-old local Christopher Davis reported to the sheriff that his car was damaged by a creature he described as green, wet-like, about seven feet tall, had three fingers, red eyes, skin like a lizard, snake-like scales. (laughs) It was two weeks prior. So he's like, wait, well, I forgot to tell you, uh, my car was uh, attacked by a lizard man. This slipped out of my mind. I wrote this down, and now I just... It, I was kind of scared of it. 
Yeah. Don't want to attack me. So I'm sure. going to tell you, though. I'm going to tell you about this. So, anyways, it was two weeks prior. So, like, that's a little, little suspect, right? <laughs> According to Davis, he was driving home from working the night shift at a fast food restaurant, of course. You know, probably leaving Taco Bell. His or, age. That's yeah, normal makes place. Sense. When his car got a flat tire, after fixing it, he saw a creature walking toward him. Ugh. This is Does where it, it gets Boom. scary. <laughs> exactly. I saw red glowing eyes. There's always red glowing Always. Eyes. That's the scariest thing. I ran into the car, and as I locked it, the thing grabbed the door handle. Ooh. I could see him from the neck down. The three big fingers, long black <laughs> nails, and green, rough skin. He said it was strong, and it was angry. <laughs> I'm pissed around. I, I looked in the mirror and saw a blur of green running. I could see his toes, and then he jumped on the roof of my car. What? I, I thought I heard a grunt. He was running, oh, uh-huh. coming towards him. Cause... I thought I heard a grunt, and then I could see his fingers <laughs> through the front windshield. He talks about his fingers a lot, yeah. where they curled around the roof. It's. I sped up, swerved to shake the creature off. So he did, wow. he did that. You Don't know. mention his fingers. He got. It. He had fingers. Three of them. Good hell, he had fingers, just like a person, <laughs> but they were different. But there were three of them. There's three of them. Big ones. Yeah. Did I tell you, he was strong and angry. <laughs> Did you write that down, officer? <laughs> Strong name. Yeah. Um, uh, local radio station WCOS offered a $1 million reward. Wow. It's a big reward to anybody who could capture the creature alive. Wow. On August 5th, Kenneth Thor, an airman stationed at Shaw Air Force Base, filed a police report alleging that he had encountered the lizard man on Highway 15 and had shot and wounded it. Mm. He presented several scales and a small quantity of blood as evidence. See the scales, see the blood, happened. Told you. But then he recanted his account two days later when he was arraigned for unlawfully carrying a pistol and the misdemeanor offense of filing a false police report. (laughs) Well, I really dicked up on that one. (laughs) Well, this backfired. That got me in a bunch of trouble. That wasn't worth it. Um, Um, Anyways, that's the the lizard man of Skateboard Swamp. Man. Legend still lives. They just led to the takeover again of the lizard men i know that's basically what he was just pissing off i know the superior race did i tell you that had three fingers (laughs) i just forgot about that. yeah i totally did write that down write that down i'll draw it up tonight (laughs) give me another picture of a leprechaun give me another two weeks i'll get you a little more detail um it's all coming back this one's really good the loveland frog this is a big one it is kind of Mm -hmm. in ohio folklore the loveland frog uh, also known as the Loveland Frogman or Loveland Lizard, oh, is a, a legendary humanoid frog mm-hmm. described as standing roughly four feet tall, allegedly spotted in Loveland, Ohio. Yeah. In 1972, the Loveland Frog legend gained renewed attention when a Loveland police officer reported to a colleague that he had seen an animal consistent with the description of the Frogman. Mm. After a purported sighting in 2016, this is recent, what? people. People. The second officer called a news station to report that he had shot and killed the same creature. Oh my God. Creature. Creature. (laughs) My mind is not. Some weeks after the 1972 incident and had identified it as a large iguana that was missing its tail. Wait, I got it. So in 2016, he said that he did this. Yeah. But back in 1972. Yeah. Right? That's right. Yep. So that's a lot of years to lapse. Sure. Details were a little messed up. Mm-hmm. Uni- University of Cincinnati folklore professor. There's mm. more of these. There's a lot of Edgar them. Edgar Slotkin <laughs> compared the Loveland Frog 
to Paul Bunyan, saying uh, okay. the stories about it have been passed down for several decades, and the sighting reports seem to come in predictable cycles. Really? In May 2014, the Loveland Frog legend was made into a musical titled, Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. <laughs> Dude, I would go see that any day I of the week. I would, too. We need to see if the theater here in Bernal will, yeah, will bring suggest it. Suggest it. Well, you should look into the Loveland Frog. Yeah, I know you want to do the music, man, but let's talk about this. Right here in Utah, Hot Dang, It's the Loveland Frog. <laughs> um, hot darn it. Hot, hot darn it. Warm darn it. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> Oh, seriously. <laughs> According to various legends, the creature, the creature, <laughs> was first sighted in 1955. Was some, this sounds like a 1955 totally scary does. movie. Totally like a does. big frog guy walking around. Mm -hmm. With some versions. Like a, a tie and a hat. That's <laughs> exactly. Like the book. You know the <laughs> book, um, Toad, Frog and Toad? Oh, or yeah. Mr. Toad. Mr. Toad. Frog and Mr. Toad or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. Mm -hmm. Some versions of the story specify specifying the month of May. Oh, okay. Okay. There are three different versions of the story that only differ slightly from each other. Differ. <clears throat> the three stories start the same way. Mm -hmm. A businessman or traveling salesman driving along an un, unnamed road late at night. The stories start to diverge at this point. In one story, the driver was heading out of the Branch Hill neighborhood when he spotted three figures standing erect or stood erect on mm -hmm. their hind legs like a human, <laughs> along the side of a road, each three to four feet in height and leathery skin and frog faces. Man, that would freak you out. Yeah. In the other two, I feel like a frog would be kind of nice, but I could probably talk to him. Yeah, you ain't going to eat me. Ribbit. Ribbit. And <laughs> stick his tongue out of your face. <laughs> I know. Um, maybe Battletoads. When did Battletoads come out? Oh, Battletoads. I 90s. don't know. Long time ago. The creatures were spotted under or over a poorly lit bridge. Mm -hmm. There are a number of bridges in Loveland going over the Little Miami River. The story tells of a business, businessman watching the figures converse for a while until one of the creatures held a wand over its head and fired a spray of sparks, <laughs> startling the observer into fleeing this thing. What on earth? I don't know. This, this is, is like Prince and the Frog. This has got to be part of the MK Ultra or something. <laughs> Seriously, this you know guy I mean? was all... Yeah. He was a test subject, obviously. There are frogs and they got a spark wand and I don't know. Yep. So the Loveland police on March 3rd, 1972 at 1 a.m., Loveland police officer Ray Shockey was hmm. driving on Riverside Road. We have a Riverdale Road. Mm -hmm. Drive near the Totes Boot Factory. <laughs> totes. Oh, Totes. Totes. Um, and the Little Miami River when an unidentifiable animal scurried across the road in the front of his vehicle. The animal was fully illuminated in his vehicle's headlights, and he described it as three to four feet long and about 50 <clears> to 75 <throat> pounds with leathery skin. He reported spotting the animal crouched like a frog before it momentarily stood erect to climb over the guardrail and back down towards the river. Jeez. It's just a frog changing sides of the road. Mm, that's all it is. Had the frog, frog across the road. <laughs> he got up on one, two legs, and crossed the guardrail. <laughs> two weeks after the incident, a second Loveland police officer, Mark Matthews, reported seeing an unidentified animal crouched along the road in the same vicinity as Shockey's sighting. Matthew shot the <laughs> animal, of course. Yeah. What is your... Hey! Um, uh, recovered the body, so he actually killed it. Yeah, put it in his trunk to show Officer Shockey. According to Matthews, it was a large iguana, about three to three to three and a half feet long. What? How? That was a big freaking iguana. But they said it stood erect. Yeah, well, I don't know. Iguanas don't do that. He didn't immediately recognize it because it was missing its tail. 
Uh, they look so different without their tail. Uh, you just don't. I mean, it could be a Matthew horse. Speculated we don't know. The iguana had been someone's pet that either got loose or was released when it grew too large. <laughs> you get out of here. Hey, get out of here. <laughs> you didn't do eating all my damn food. <laughs> Eat all my bugles last night. I don't have enough flies and crickets anymore. Go on your own. Get get out of here. It's like white fang. Get out of here. Go. I hate you. Um, Matthews recounted the incident to an author of a book about urban legends, but says the author omitted the part that confirmed that the creature was an iguana rather than a frogman. Mm. He got this wrong and it's got people scared. I don't yeah. So makes sense. Scary. That's frogman. Frogman. A loving frogman. You ever heard of a melon head camera? <laughs> I, I swear I have. I think I have too. This one, there's not much to this one, but I thought it was interesting enough to talk about. So this looks like a movie like back in the day when oh, you yeah. were searching for a scary movie like Melon Head. Yeah, it's like it looks kind of scary. It's one like of the 9, ridiculous looking like yeah. shadowy figures yeah. with a big huge head. It's like on Netflix or Amazon, there's like nine thousand B movies that are <laughs> yeah. horror movies. Melon Head. Yep. Halloween Melon Head seventeen. <laughs> um so there's there's melonhead stories from Michigan, from Connecticut. There's a couple other ones. Wow. But the the biggest one comes from Michigan. Um, melonheads are beings generally described as small humanoids with bulbous heads <laughs> who occasionally emerge from hiding places to attack people. Oh, okay. creepy, creepy as hell. That's yes, me. <laughs> okay. According to one story, they were originally children with hydrocephalus who I was li- gonna say yeah, that's... who lived at the junction. Insane Asylum near Felt, Michigan. Man. The story explains that after Felt enduring... Mansion. Oh, Mansion, sorry. Where's that at? Mansion. That's a, it's in Michigan. That's why I <laughs> the said Felt that Mansion. Way. Yeah. Super soft there. Soft. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that mansion. <laughs> I feel ya. Um, the story explains that after enduring physical and emotional abuse, they became feral and were released into the forest <laughs> of the surrounding asylum. <laughs> They are told to feed. Hey, hey, stop biting my feet. Get out of here. <laughs> Never mind. Let them kids out in the wood. <laughs> Ain't going to make it a day. Yeah. Got those big heads. They're going to make their own mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, Sick of them. That was intensive. Um, they are told that they feed on anyone who ventures into the woods near them. <laughs> that's the, that's the well, whole that's story. It, um, like the remake of Alice in Wonderland like that has the guy with the big head? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe big trouble in Little China, you know, when his head like blows up. Right yeah, there. I don't know. That's what I picture like coming out of the yeah. woods. Yeah, huge like, feds. This green stuff <laughs> like shooting a out of snow. Garbage pail kid or something <laughs> yeah, is like what I'm exactly I'm, like, I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. And those are creepy, like, like snot, snot face. Nose. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll eat you. I eat you. Um, this one's the Milton lizard. There's so many lizards because there's lizard people. Yeah, controlling everything. You're right. Uh, Kentucky folklore, the Milton lizard is a creature described as resembling a 15-foot monitor lizard mm. that purportedly sighted in Cannop Creek. Is that the, the new Samsung monitor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Acer. Acer, yeah. The Acer lizard <laughs> right. monitor. Mm. Near the town of Milton in Trimble County, Kentucky, in the summer of 75. See? 70s. 70s, man. That's where all the MK good stuff from. Yeah. Um, I guess that was a little earlier, but... um. People got out with it and started having That's fun right. with it. The creature was first seen in July by Clarence Tuffy Cable. <laughs> That's a good name. I know. Oh, Tuffy. Oh, Tuffy tough. saw it. Tuffy Cable. Co-manager of the Bluegrass <laughs> Body Shop, a junk and wrecking yard located near Milton. Uh, as Cable was walking through the junkyard, he saw a lizard emerge from behind the wreckage vehicles, and it hissed at him several times. <laughs> Damn lizard. <laughs> He said it was. It had big eyes similar to a frog's. Beneath its mouth was an off-white color 
and there were black and white stripes across crossway of its body. Something like that. <laughs> black and white, like With a zebra lizard. Size, <laughs> quarter size speckles all over it. Good gracious. Cable's brother Garrett, thank goodness, oh, was Garrett. the next to see the creature on July 27th. While working in the junkyard, he saw a pile of old car hoods begin to vibrate. <laughs> And move as the lizard's head and shoulders emerge from underneath the debris. Oh, geez. Frightened, he left to get his brother, but when they returned to the area, guns in hand, the creatures were gone. Tuffy. Or the creature. We just missed him, Tuffy. Dang it. Tuffy. Get him next time. Let's go pop out some dents. Yeah. Get to work. I got a paint Coal there. manager. <laughs> One day, Tuffy, you get this thing, you need to be manager. One day, you'll be the owner of this place. <laughs> Tuffy. The next day, Cable saw the lizard, or one similar to it, again, <laughs> except this time it appeared to be larger, nearly 15 feet in I length. I saw the same lizard. Maybe it wasn't the same lizard, just really <laughs> resembled the <laughs> I first think lizard. two of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> After throwing a rock at it, the lizard hissed at him and fled into some bushes. Cable Gosh. retrieved a rifle and from his house and fired into the brush. Boom. What's that? Boom, boom, boom. Tuffy don't scare by nobody. <laughs> I shoot wherever. <laughs> this is Tuffy. Little Tuffy. <laughs> but couldn't be certain he killed the creature. Mm. In early August, a search party scoured the area surrounding the bluegrass body shop for any signs of a lizard, but no evidence was found. Gosh. So this is what they think. Okay. During the Trimble Banner's investigation into the sightings, Clarence Cable said the creature looked similar to, but not exactly like a monitor lizard. Mm. He theorized that one of the wrecked vehicles they had acquired in the past was from the western states containing eggs <laughs> that hatched in the heat of a junkyard. That is the plot of a B-movie. It is. Of totally. some sort. I yeah. can see these big yeah. eggs like sitting They're in the trunk. Bubbling. What is that? Yeah. And it's all like misty. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch it. Don't. <laughs> Go get Tuffy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to do nothing till Tuffy gets here. And then on his way over to the shed, just gets eaten by some no, gigantic. The, like, then they come back like, and oh. the eggs are hatched. Yeah. And then it, it slowly oh, moves no. out. The camera moves out. Man, we need to do a movie. We do. When wreckage. Um, when wreckage began to be removed in the spring, mm -hmm. fewer places existed where the lizards could hide, resulting in the sightings. Makes sense. So they were pissed. They were like, yeah. where are, this is where we hatch, where we have yeah. a family, yep. and all the junk was getting removed, and they didn't have anywhere to go, so they started, they'd be, they'd be seen. They'd be seen. Well, that's a good one. That's what if I ever heard one. a Milton lizard do. We got we got to write that screenplay. <laughs> we got to make that movie. Sounded great already. I, I, was, in, I was like... <laughs> no. I had my eyes Wait, wide open, what? like wanting to hear the story from Kobe. I I'm think like, I think Tuffy be played by Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> probably. Yeah, <laughs> or Denzel Washington. Yeah, one of the one of the two. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably do like uh, Dave Bautista. <laughs> Dave from Bautista, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> hey, Tuffy. Hey Tuffy. Yeah, anyway, or Larry the Cable Guy. I don't know. Maybe. Um, this one is kind of close Nick to home. Joe Dirt would be his brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, no, he David would be Spade. Tuffy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would be Tuffy. That would be Tuffy. This one is close to home. This one is in our state of Utah. It's called is the it? North Shore is it really? Monster. It is. Yeah. In Utah folklore, the North Shore Monster is a monster purported to live in Utah's Great Salt Lake. Oh, I thought it was going to be in the North Shore store. Remember no, North Shore? I do, but it's not there. At dusk or evening in the early summer of 1877, oh, J.H. McNeil of Kelton, Box Elder County. Hey, and several, I'm from Box Elder yep, County. Several other employees of the Barnes & Company Salt Works Company. Oh my gosh, I know all this. On the lake's north shore reported seeing a huge creature. Now here's, here's, the, here's the thing about it. It had a crocodile-like body and the head of a horse. 
<laughs> Those two go so well together. Well, I see crocodile body and head. Yeah, just walking Whipping around. his tail. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of the water. <laughs> swimming in the water really fast. Oh, that's that? creepy. That is creepy. The creature made a fearsome bellowing noise and charged the workers. Yeah. Who promptly ran up a nearby hillside and hid in the brush until morning. <laughs> this is the best thing. Get Brigham Young. Yeah. <laughs> Go get Brigham and his nine wives. <laughs> Dinner for everybody. Yeah, let's take care of this even once and for all. We're having alligator horse meat tonight. <laughs> this is the place. This is the place. Um, sorry. Some some believe the monster in quotations was a bathing buffalo. Oh, <laughs> somehow this happens all the time. Is it? You get them real. Confused. I know it looks like a horse head on an alligator body, but it's just a buffalo. <laughs> all right. I saw this horse head. Was it on now? Get by? It's a buffalo. <laughs> no more. I see it. It's weird when the hair's all combed back. Yeah. It's the salt water. The salt sticks real and, weird. And this mist in the mornings. And I don't know. Yeah. Don't worry about it, though. It's all good. Yeah. Um, around Dang 30, it. I wish I would have known know. about this when I was younger. Around 30 years earlier, a man identified only as Brother Bainbridge. He's probably well, of head course. of the Elder's Quorum out there. <laughs> <laughs> totally a church Elder member. Corn president. Brother Bainbridge. Yeah, uh, reported seeing a monster with a dolphin-like body. Going home teaching. Out <laughs> in a little piling. Comes home to see Well, Sister Bainbridge, you won't <laughs> believe what I saw. <laughs> he saw a dolphin-like body. Dear Journal. <laughs> was out proselyting today and saw... <laughs> I'd like to bear my testimony. <laughs> Uh, most of you might not get all the, the Mormons uh, are laughing right stuff. now. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. But anyways, North Shore monster. That's crazy. I've been to Antelope Island. I went there on mm. Scout Camp. Me too. Not on Scout there's, Camp. There's a billion and a half mosquitoes that all stay in one. It's a spot. horrible place. No it one really likes is, to go it there. Stinks mm -hmm. like sulfur. Yeah. You're surrounded by, if you call it a lake. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like salty mud water. It's disgusting swamp water. And there's a few life on that. Yeah. That have been shrimp there. There's some shrimp and some <laughs> buffalo and some antelope. Yeah, there's some buffalo and antelope. Yeah. And it's it's the most ghetto place. And when you get in the water, it's disgusting. Yeah. You it float. Is. You float and then you get a and, rash. Yeah. That and then, lasts like three then you're weeks. covered in crusty crust when you get <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. The mud's like just like mm. it's a weird place. It's a great place. You guys should come. Antelope Island, it's like I think it's a top ten vacation mm. location. Yeah, right right after Bahamas. <laughs> Yeah. Then it's Antelope Island. Right after Syria. <laughs> it's Syria, it's Israel, and then it's... Yeah. You know. Beautiful. Beautiful place. Um, This one, the Pope Lick... <laughs> say it. The Pope Lick Monster. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, The Pope Lick Monster is a legendary part man, part goat. Another one of those. <laughs> and... To throw in some differences, part sheep. Half man, half goat, half sheep. That's <laughs> yeah. what they say. It's got a beautiful coat, mm -hmm. horns, and it's a man. Sounds gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one that Noah's like, I don't want that one. No. We don't need it. Um, The creature reported to live beneath, beneath <laughs> a railroad trestle bridge uh. over Pope Lick Creek in the yeah. Fisherville neighborhood of Louis Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> Louisville. 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 <laughs> Louisville. 
Louisville. Uh. Um, numerous urban legends exist about the creature's origins mm-hmm. and the methods it employs to claim its victims. Yeah. According to some accounts, the creature uses either hypnosis mm. or voice mimicry to lure trespassers onto the trestle. Come on. <laughs> Want to see me take my top off? Hey, huh? And they go your, up there. It's your nana. <laughs> Come on up here. My foot stuck. <laughs> um... It lures him up onto the trestle to meet their death oh. before an oncoming train. Hell, my footstep train's coming. That sounds like little Timmy. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. other stories claim the monster jumps down from the trestle onto the roofs of cars passing beneath it. <laughs> what is that? Is that two hooves? Um, Pope Rick Monster. Let's <laughs> get out of here, Johnny. You on top of my four truck. <laughs> Yet another legends, legends tell um, that it Attacks its victims with blood-stained axe. That's mm. terrifying. You got to clean off your blades. And okay. that the very sight of the creature is so unsettling mm-hmm. that those who see it while walking across the high trestle mm-hmm. are driven to leap off. Makes sense. They don't want to get chopped up by a dirty, nasty axe. No, you can get Hep C or something. You don't want that to die quick. So they jump death. off. Yeah. Anyways, there was a ton of accidents on this, so that's where like yeah. a lot of it came from. Because this trestle, I guess, is notorious for mm-hmm. people dying on it. Mm-hmm. Other legends hold that the monster is a human-goat hybrid, that yeah. it was a circus freak who vowed revenge. <laughs> who vowed revenge after being mistreated. Age-old story. Murdered a million times. <laughs> Piss me off. I'm going to kill everybody who comes over I'm going to get this bridge is haunted from here on out. This is my bridge. Yes. Um... In one version, it said mm. the monster escaped after a train derailed on the trestle. Yeah. Okay, that's a really bad place for like 9,000 versions of this yeah. story. Another version, mm-hmm. commonly told by locals of the area, claims that the monster is really the twisted, reincarnated form of a farmer who, sacrificed, <laughs> who <laughs> sacrificed goats in exchange for satanic powers. I'm going with that option. That one's a good one. That's my option. I'm done with being a farmer. I want powers. I hate, corn. Goats. I hate corn. I want satanic powers. Come on. What man. do I got to do? What's on the agenda? And I'm going to leave on the trestle. Yeah. The legends have turned the area into a site for legend tripping. Mm. That's kind of an interesting thing. Have you read about legend tripping? Mm -mm. Uh, I was going to pull it up, but you're going to have to figure it out yourself. Okay. No, it says, um, I just thought it was interesting. Legend tripping is a name bestowed by folklorists and anthropologists Mm. on an adolescent practice uh, containing elements of rite of passages. In which a usually furtive, furtive, nocturnal pilgrimage is made to a site which is alleged to have been the scene of some tragic, horrific, or possibly supernatural event or haunting. So legend tripping. Interesting. I was like, that's a detailed freaking thing on what legend tripping is. Anyways, there's common misconception that the trestle is abandoned and no longer used. In reality, the bridge carries a major rail artery into Louisville. Or Louisville. Louisville. Heavy freight trains cross the bridge several times daily, so it's easy for someone to get caught mm. atop it while oncoming train barrels down on them. Mm. So anyways, it's haunted. A lot of people have died there. Anywhere someone's died, it's creepy. Yeah. And that's kind of what legend tripping is like. People like, want to go associate to everything on where there's a lot of deaths. I see. That makes sense. It kind of makes sense, right? That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, it's scary. Um, it, didn't, um, it sounded cooler. I don't know. Yeah. The old river is what gave it its name. You ever heard of the old Snallygaster? <laughs> no. This is an old one, honestly. Sounds like a Disney show. It is, yeah. Kids like love a, watching Snallygaster. Like a 29-minute cartoon. Teach you how to spell. Yeah. 
In, in American folklore, the Snallygaster is a bird reptile chimera. Is that how you say that? I don't know. Originating in superstitions yeah. of early German immigrants, later combined with sensationalistic newspaper reports of the monster. Early sightings associate the Snallygaster with Frederick County, Maryland, especially the areas of South Mountain and Middleton Valley. Doesn't really matter. But the, the, the <laughs> Snallygaster was described as a half reptile. If you want to look it up, there's those yeah. areas. Half reptile, half bird with a metallic beak lined with razor sharp teeth. Ooh. Yeah. Occasionally with octopus-like tentacles. Sometimes it got the octopus tentacles, sometimes it don't. <laughs> Just depends. It's a recessive gene. Yeah. Um, it swoops silently from the sky to pick up and carry off its victims. Now, that's kind of creepy. That is super creepy. Like the creepy. body snatchers. Yeah. Uh -huh. Anything that can fly mm. and, and just fly you. off yeah. is scary. The earliest stories claim that this monster sucked the blood of its victims. Ew. So here's the thing. Seven-pointed stars, which were putedly kept the Snallygaster at bay can be seen painted on local barns. Really? So you remember the barn star thing we saw in one of our Halloween episodes? Yeah. That was for the Snallygaster. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. Well, done. Here's a good part. Uh, a great deal of publicity surrounded this string of, appearance, uh, of appearances with the Smithsonian Institute offering a reward for the hide. U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt reportedly considered postponing an African safari to personally hunt the Snallygaster. He's a badass. Oh, he's such a badass. Like, that dude did stuff. But can you imagine if he would have really went hunting for a Snallygaster? Are you scared? Guess what? I'm the president. I'm going to get that high. Yeah. Put it Executive in the White House. decision. <laughs> going in the Oval Office. He is badass. Yeah. So anyways, but it reported that these were actually a hoax um, <laughs> by the Middleton Valley Register. To get uh, piss the president right off readership, yeah. Well, I guess I ain't taking a hunt. Mm -hmm. I canceled my African safari. Yeah. Oh, I guess he almost did, huh? Yeah, he didn't quite do it. He still so. went down. So that's Snallygaster. I like the name. Mm, that's a good name. That's not. Look at this right here. Got a scar from a Snallygaster. Yeah, and I got a tattoo of. Probably a took about a pint before I brushed it off. <laughs> Pope lick tattoo on this side. <laughs> Pope lick monster, scary. Yeah. Um, Tuttle Bottoms monster. <laughs> now that's a Disney one. Right it is the Tuttle Bottoms monster. Tuttle Bottoms. <laughs> yeah, the little jingle. <laughs> Tuttle Bottoms monster likes to teach. Oh. The Tuttle Bottoms monster is a legendary creature said to inhabit a swampy area north mm. of Harrisburg, Illinois. Your mom. Man, Illinois has got a lot going on. <laughs> it does, yeah. On the Saline River. Oh, man. Mm. That'd be a nice river to refill your sure saline. would, yeah. Usually described as ape-like and hairy with a long snout similar to an anteater. Now, that's different. That is way different. That's like a... <laughs> that's the red-headed stepchild of the Sasquatch. It family. is, yeah. Get out of here, <laughs> weirdo. Um, anteater face. The Tuttle Bottoms monster legend is familiar to generations of Saline County residents. Uh, or Saline County, huh? Doesn't matter. Probably in Utah, be Saline. Mm -hmm. um, former Harrisburg Police Chief Gary Crabtree told the Harrisburg, Illinois Daily Register that his department received approximately 50 reports over 28 years of an unidentified beast in the area northwest of Harrisburg. Some reporting the creature with two legs and some with four. Mm. Most described as having a long, almost anteater-like snout. So That's all of them scary. had the same. Snout. Report that had a weird freaking nose. Over, yeah, 50 reports. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh. It's like more than 49. It is. Um, so, August 6, 1963, the Harrisburg Daily Register reported what seemed to be the first report of the creature. Mm -hmm. Here it goes. Sealing County Sheriff James L. Thompson spent a busy night last night, starting about 11 p.m. and ending about 4.30 a.m. The sheriff said he ran across a youth 
at Tuttlebottoms about 11 p.m., the young man was armed with a rifle and told Thompson that there was a monster loose in the bottoms. Hey, Sheriff, there's a monster loose okay. in the bottoms. Let me go with you. <laughs> yeah. He said it was eight feet long, four feet high. Really weird. That is a, yeah. Uh, all right, you got it backwards, buddy. <laughs> eight feet tall, four feet high, maybe. Or, yeah, never mind. I don't, know. don't worry about it. I'm going to write it down. Had a nose like an anteater. The young man put his rifle in his car and left. I guess he sent him home. Yeah. Go home. Go get you something to eat. The later, later, Thompson ran across about a dozen boys armed with shotguns and other weapons and all looking for the monster in the bottoms. Their sheriff soon dispersed the boys and sent them home. That was it. That was it. That was a whole story. <laughs> That's a good we one. Building up to something. Yeah. But nothing. A local resident named Virgil Smith told the register he believes the creature is not a monster out of the myth out of myth, but was an actual animal released by the federal government. Oh, of course. This is, yeah, this is American right mm-hmm. here. That was long, that has long since died. Smith said the creature was a hairy primate, stood mm-hmm. on two legs, and was not scared of humans. Adding that one couple reported the animal walked right up to them. Oh, geez. Smith also claims that a former employee of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, what goes on in the agricultural <laughs> department? <laughs> I don't know. Confided to him that the department had launched a private investigation into the Tuttlebottoms monster. That's crazy that there was actual investigation. They're like, wait, what is this? Yeah. The earliest reports of the creature date to the 60s by teenagers who used the who used the area as a local makeout spot and mm-hmm. by hunters. That's why all these movies, mm-hmm. it's like when they're making out some weird yeah. long nose things like... <laughs> Um, spotted by hunters who would make frantic calls to the police after seeing the creature. It was rumored that some murders took place in the bottoms during that time. Mm. So it's a little freaky. This one has like some reported yeah. incidents and they were like investigating it. So maybe it was some weird, nasty growth defect. Total bottom <laughs> monster. He's nasty. Yeah. So this next one is one we've all heard of, I think. Um, there's not like some insane stories with it, but we thought we would touch on it because it's a really famous one. The Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Remember the Chupacabra? Or Chupacabra is literally goat sucker from Spanish. Yeah, I never Chupar knew what suck it. cabras goats. Okay. I never broke it down like Goat that. sucker. It's a legendary <laughs> creature in the folklore of parts of the Americas with its first purported sightings in Puerto Rico in 1995. The name comes from the animal's reported vampirism. The chupacabra is said to attack and drink the blood of livestock. I drink the blood. I will drink the blood of this goat. <laughs> that's how the that's what the chupacabra sounds like. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently Puerto Ricans sound Russian. Yeah. Um, the most common description of the chupacabra is that of a reptile like creature said to have leathery or scaly greenish gray Always skin. The same. Yep. Always the same. sharp spines or quills running down its back. Approximately three to four feet high, stands on uh, stands and hops in a fashion similar to that of a kangaroo. I've never heard that. No wonder the chupacabra thing became so big. I know. Been seen a million times. <clears throat> yeah. Another. So this is what I've heard of the chupacabra. Another description of the chupacabra is of a strange That's breed I've heard of too. wild dog. This form is mostly hairless and has a pronounced spinal ridge, usually pronounced eye sockets, fangs, and claws. Um, How do you pronounce it? It. I don't know. Eye sockets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Unlike uh, conventional predators, the chupacabra is said to drain all the animal's blood and sometimes the <laughs> organs, usually through three holes in the shape of a downwards pointing triangle. Ooh, it's got a weird incisor. Yeah. I know. It's like weird teeth. <laughs> I don't know what like it is. It sounds like a mangled, deformed dog. <laughs> yeah. The first reported attack eventually attributed to the creatures occurred in 95 in Puerto Rico. Eight sheep were discovered dead 
each with three puncture wounds in the chest area and reportedly completely drained of blood. Well, no blood in there. <laughs> Where'd the blood go? <laughs> no, it's out. It's completely out. It's all been drained. That's a good sucker. A few months later, in August, eyewitness uh, named Madeline Tolentino reported seeing the creature in the Puerto Rican town of Canavanus. Canavanus. When as many as 150 farm animals and pets were reportedly killed. So that's a crazy thing there, too. Um, In 75, similar killings in the small town of Mocha were attributed to the El Vampiro de Mocha. Um, vampire mocha. In, initially, it was suspected that the killings were committed by a satanic cult. Later, more killings were reported around the island, and many farms reported loss of animal life. So there's not a lot. Like the chupacabra doesn't go to people. He likes. They like animals. They like yeah. goats. They like sheep. They like dogs. They like cats. All that. Kind Probably of stuff. a failed experiment by the agricultural department of Most Puerto likely. Rico. Most likely. Uh, several carcasses of the supposed chupacabras have been brought to the attention of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, but its official determination. We don't need that up here. Nope. <laughs> the animals were nothing but coyotes with severe cases of mange, a nasty skin disease that leaves the animals in mat. That's what I like. Um, when I lived in Brazil, like mm-hmm. there are so many just scraggly, nasty, you know, homeless yeah. dogs that were just like. <laughs> it was probably that. I'm like, oh, it's kind of cute, and it turns in its skin, like it had all of its hair rubbed off and a missing <laughs> eyeball. I'm like, ah, don't touch me. <laughs> if you saw that at night, you would think it was some other yeah disease. So that's the legend of the chupacabra. Chupacabra. Orang, orang miniac. Gazoon type. The orang. Orang, Orang Maniac, is a supernatural creature coated with shiny black grease. <laughs> this is so weird. Who abducts young women by night. So there's a lot of these that are like um, spirits that yeah. are legends. Yeah. We just grabbed a couple of uh, them. It's because funny because Asians go really to like the, the, the spiritual stuff, yeah. whereas Americans are like, it's a nasty reptile. Yeah, it's an animal. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can a shoot with thing. my gun. <laughs> yeah. Something I can hunt, yeah. but I don't want to scare. Yeah. So this thing literally, so the orang minyak, or mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying it right, literally means oily man in Malay. Makes sense. <laughs> oily man, get you. Uh, just too racist to say it. No, just don't do it. <laughs> According to the Malay legend, mm-hmm. the orang minyak is a creature that abducts young women by night. Supposedly, the creature is able to climb walls and grab victims while evading Jeez. capture due to its slippery coating. It's like when they grease the pig at the state fair. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Can't get him. Can't catch it. According to some folklorists, the orang mm-hmm. has been alternately <clears throat> described as appearing naked mm-hmm. or wearing a black pair of swimming trunks. Swimming trunks. If it's abducting young women, I'm sure it's naked. It's got to be naked. A number of stories describe the Minyak. I'm going to... Okay, go ahead. I'm just going to rape, rape through this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as a rape? rapist, yeah. <laughs> as a rapist, the only target... It only targets virgins, of course. Yeah. The uh, Minyak is been, has been traditionally blamed for rapes beginning mm. in the 50s and superstitious Malay female students would attempt to ward off the creature by donning sweaty clothing <laughs> to give the appearance of someone who had just been with a man. Well, I don't want to get raped by the orang Minyak. I got to get me some wet clothes Work out on. and put it on. Yeah. Some I versions, was just with a man. I had to get out of here. Mm. Don't worry. I'm not fresh. <laughs> Some fresh. versions of the legend hold that the Minyak is an evil human warlock rather than a supernatural creature. Science writer Benjamin Radford describes the tales as the tales as rooted in myth and folklore. 
Thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. And characterize the cre- the creature's supposed abilities as implausible. Now, Can't happen. Don't make no sense. If a person actually covered himself that way, greasy hands and feet would make it difficult to <laughs> turn doorknobs or run around, <laughs> not to mention crawl up the sides of a building or grab a struggling captive. Think about it, people. You guys, it's Think common about sense. It. He's all greased up. He can't do this stuff. He ain't going to be raping no virgins. <laughs> Come on. His hands are too slippery. Yeah. In one version of the legend popularized in 58, film Sumpa on Minyak, mm, The Curse, curse of, of the, the Oily Man. <laughs> so good. Directed by and starring P. Ramley. I don't know who that is. My favorite actor. Was a man who was cursed in an attempt to win back his love with magic. According to the story, the devil offered to help the creature and give him powers of mm. the black arts. But only if the Minyak worshipped him and raped twenty-one virgins within a week. You got a week. Get it done. That's three a day. You're greased up. It's going to be harder, but you can do it. Three a day. You got twenty-one. And another version: the creature is under control of an evil shaman, Mm. the witch doctor. Yeah. Um, Malaysian newspaper occasionally report claimed sightings of the Minyak in 2012. The residents of Kumpang Village. In oh my gosh, that's Malaysia, somewhere there. Yeah, claimed to have seen and heard the creature in the vicinity of the uh huh, Lakasama. Several years earlier, local newspapers carried sensational reports of a knife wielding rapist covered in oil, uh, ostensibly in imitation of a minyak. So obviously, he was like, I'm gonna just grease up and I'm gonna be a scary. Uh, legend, and yeah. so nobody's gonna mess with me. That's the orang minyak. Minyak. Yeah. Orang this minyak. one orang. This next one might be my favorite. I think the Akomanto. <laughs> okay, this is the bathroom spirit. <laughs> and this is not. I've one, been. I've seen the bathroom. Yeah, we're not making this up. This is real. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is like Japanese a real legend. Have some really cool stuff, bro. Like crazy. Like they're really cool looking too. Oh yeah, for sure. So the Akomanto, or the a lot more creative than Americans, red cloak, also known as red cape, red vest, red paper, blue paper, or occasionally <laughs> blue cloak, is a Japanese urban legend. Did blue paper come in there? No, no. It was, it was red paper, red vest, red cape, blue cloak. <laughs> um, is a Japanese urban legend about a masked spirit who wears a red cloak who appears to people using toilets in public or school bathrooms. <laughs> So that's when you're going to see this guy. He wasn't scared of those anyway. I know. Every time I go to the bathroom, I'm like, whoa, here it comes. Here it comes. I don't want the Akomanto getting me. Yeah. Akomanto is often said to haunt female bathrooms specifically. Of course. Makes sense. <laughs> in some versions of the legend, he is said to haunt the last stall in such bathrooms. Go in the middle. So that... Let people poop what, on your left What if right? we just don't make a last stall? <laughs> Think about it. Put a urinal down there in the girl's room. It won't make any sense. Freak people out. Aquamanto's confused. Everything's going to be okay. All right? You think he's in the wrong... Yeah. He's not in the female bathroom. Just keep going back and forth. Get wore out. That's what we'll do. <laughs> when the girls are the boys, Aquamanto says. <laughs> Accounts of the legend vary, but one consistent element of the story is that the spirit will ask the occupant of a toilet a question. In some versions, he will ask if they want red paper or blue paper. <laughs> Though other versions identify the choices as red cloak or blue cloak, or as red cape or blue cape, choosing either option will result in the individual being killed. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I want the red. <laughs> There's no right answer here, boys and so girls. If you know what you can be like. I ain't answering. 
So the individual must ignore the spirit, yeah. run away. So you don't yeah, answer. Or reject both options to survive. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No thanks. Oh, red paper? Oh, okay. Wait, red paper, blue paper? I don't know. That is correct. <laughs> Just leaves. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I made it. Um, if I'm going to make red paper. Yeah. If they choose the red option, they will be lacerated in such a manner that their dead body will be drenched in their own well, blood. Of course. If the individ individual chooses blue option, the consequences range from that person being strangled <laughs> to all the person's blood being drained from their body. <laughs> so if you're ever in a bathroom. Yeah. And somebody comes in and asks you if you want red or blue paper, mm. don't answer. You just say, no, thank you. Flush the toilet and leave. Flush the toilet, run away. Not <laughs> Maybe that's it. why there's so many non-flush toilets in the public restrooms. Could be. Could be. <laughs> they thought the Akamanto was coming in. Nope. Yep. Don't get out of here. Ain't whopping or anything. Exactly. Um, how do you say it? It's a Fouke? Fouke? I don't know. The Fouke monster is said to have been seen in... Fouke in Miller County, Arkansas. I'm probably saying this way wrong. That's all right. During the early 1970s, the creature was accused of attacking a local family. Initial sightings of the creature were con concentrated in Jonesville Boggy Creek area, where it is blamed. It was blamed for the destruction of the local livestock. Later sightings were reported several hundred miles to the north and east of Fouke. Hmm. Um, oh, Fouke. <laughs> <laughs> the monster... <laughs> <laughs> may initially have been created when mm -hmm. misidentified bears were seen and some of the purported tracks may have been forged. Our forged tracks. So before 71, the first reported sightings were in 53 and 55 when it was spotted by a 14-year-old boy, mm. always honest. Um, the boy described it as having reddish-brown hair, sniffing the air. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. And not reacting when it was fired upon. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just kept sniffing away. What was that? Huh. Fired upon by birdshot. Investigator Joel Nickel. Oh, Joel Nickel. Observed that the description was consistent with a misidentified black bear. Ursus Americanus. Yeah. That's just not Ursus Americanus. Don't uh, worry. Although most cases date from the early 70s onward, Fook residents um, claimed that the ape-like creature had roamed the area since 64, but those sightings had not been reported to news services. Local legend also holds that the creature can be further traced back to the 1946 even. Dang. Most early sightings were in the region of Jonesville, also known as the Jonesville Monster. Oh, well, okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Here's, in, in, after 1971, another report, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Ford, the creature which she initially took to be a bear, reached through the screen window. Oh, my gosh. While she was sleeping on a couch. It was chased away by her husband. Yeah! <laughs> and his brother, Don, who was suffering. I love how both of them are in, Who was suffering from mild shock when he arrived. Good uh, thing Don who, was who here. Who were suffering from mild shock. Yeah. During the encounters, the Fords fired several shots at the creature and believed they'd hit it. With no, Of course they did. Yeah. I got it once. I know I did. I know I got it at least once. Though no trace of the blood were found, an extensive search of the area failed to locate the creature, and, but three toed footprints were found close to the house, as well as scratch marks on the porch Ooh. and damage to a window of the house's siding. According I'm, to the Fords, they I'm heard something. I'm going to cover that. <laughs> it's the folk monster. <laughs> <laughs> so many jokes with that, but I'll get in trouble. <laughs> I get in trouble. <laughs> they had heard something moving around outside late that at night, several nights before their before their encounter. Having lived in the house for less than a week, had never encountered the creature before. Mm. The creature was also spotted again in seventy one when three 
DC Woods Jr., Wilma Woods, and Miss RH said grass. DC Woods Jr.? That's yeah. a great name. Reported seeing an ape like creature crossing US Highway 71. More sightings were made over the following months by local residents and tourists. So, mm. the creature began to attract substantial interest during the early 70s. Soon after, news spread from the Ford sighting, the Little Rock, Arkansas radio station KAAY <laughs> posted a $1,090 bounty. <laughs> I got a little extra. I got a thousand bucks. What do you got? I got 90. Oh, okay. Know. Throw it in the pot. Throw it in there. See it. Bounty see what on the creature. <laughs> Several attempts were made to track and the creature and with dogs but they were unable to follow its scent hmm. it was it could smell hmm. um the counter forced to put a temporary no guns policy in place in order to preserve the public safety 59 hmm. uh three people were fined 59 for filing a fraudulent monster this <laughs> <laughs> goes against wow, one two two seven so anyways five. this one has a lot of different um <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, there's a ton visit visits yeah. from scary monsters and yeah, stuff. That's, that's the fucking monster there. Fuck, fuck, man, it's a big yeah. one. Um, so this is another one that's pretty popular. Um, this one freaked me out. Yeah, it like is scary. I've always been a little disturbed by this one. This is the Mothman because it has some of those facts behind it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's kind of a creepy story. So November fifteenth, nineteen sixty six, two young couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry, and Steve and Mary Millett told the police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. They described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings. That's creepy. That is way creepy. Following their car while they were driving in an area outside of the town known as the TNT area. It is the site of a former TNT. World War II munitions plant. Exactly. During the next few days, other people reported similar sightings. Two volunteer firemen who saw it said it was a large bird with red eyes. Mason County Sheriff George Johnson commented that he believed the sightings were due to an un quality names in these stories. I know an unusually large heron the <laughs> he termed a shite poke. Shite poke. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Uh-huh. Uh contractor Newell Patridge told Johnson that when he aimed a flashlight at a creature in a nearby field, its eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors. <laughs> <laughs> and blamed buzzing noises from his television set and the disappearance of his German <laughs> shepherd dog on the creature. <laughs> Look, my TV's on the fridge. I ain't seen schnitzel in two days. <laughs> Gotta be that damn off. <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed. It is. Wildlife biologist Dr. Robert L. Smith uh, told reporters that descriptions and sightings all fit a sandhill crane. So there, he's like, nah, just a sandhill crane, dummies. <laughs> um, after December 15, 1967, collapse of the Silver Bridge and death of 46 people, the incident gave rise to the legend and connected the Mothman sightings to the bridge collapse. And I think, wasn't, yeah, was that in the movie? That was part of the, I think it was that is the bridge yeah. collapse. That it's, was in the one with Richard Gere. I haven't seen it in forever. That was like 2002. It's disturbing, though, the, the, the like the visual appearances of yes. it. You're like, Ooh. Yeah, it's creepy, man. Um, some pseudoscience adherents, such as ufologists, paranormal authors, and cryptozoologists, claim that Mothman was an alien, a supernatural manifestation, or previously unknown species of animal. In the 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies, author John Keel claimed that the Point Pleasant residents experienced precognitions, including premonitions of the collapse of the Silver Bridge, unidentified flying object sightings, visits from inhuman or threatening men in black, and other phenomena. Come yeah. So that that's a crazy one that has well, there's like, been like those tragic accidents where people have ever either dreamt yes. or wrote about uh -huh. right before it happened. That stuff just is eerie so, to me anyway. Mothman's got a 
enough to it that it's like, hmm, is there something there? Yeah. I don't know. It's a Mothman. It's a Mothman. I'll tell you right now. What it is. Okay. Have you ever heard of Fearsome Critters? Yeah. So I haven't ever heard of this. So in North American folklore, fearsome critters were tall tale animals jokingly said to inhabit the wilderness. I have heard of them, but I like I didn't know there was that many details. Well, there's so many. I thought there's, it was just like there's one. hundreds of them. God, it's crazy. So it's like th- they were kind of um legends around logging camps, especially in the Great Lakes region. I think you'd see some creepy crap out yeah. there. Creepy crap. Creepy um, crap monster. So some of them are absolutely hilarious. <laughs> There's description of these all over the internet. So here's the first one I found that was hilarious. It's called the Axle Handle Hound. Axle Handle Hound. <laughs> That's sweet. Of Minnesota and Wisconsin. The animal resembles a dog with a body axe-like in shape. Oh, weird. Listen to this. It has a head shaped like an axe blade, obviously, hence the name, complemented by a handle-shaped body atop short, stubby legs. Wow. It subsists on a diet consisting entirely on the handles Wood. of axes, which have been left <laughs> unattended. <laughs> Don't leave that damn handle. Uh, axe out. Axle handle handle. Don't worry, mine's fiberglass. Yeah. <laughs> so Ain't eating that. It travels from uh, camp to camp eating axe handles. Wow. That's so cool. not like a hammerhead shark. Mm. You got a axe axle head dog. Ha- axle axle hand. Axe Axel. handle hound, what it's called. <laughs> That's and funny. Another one is a cactus cat. Meow. Mm, it's a legendary fearsome creeter, critter critter. In, in the American Southwest. <laughs> oh, no damn creatures. Critters. <laughs> the cactus cat was generally described being a bobcat-like creature covered in hair-like thorns with particularly long spines extending from the legs and its armored branching tail. The creature was said to use its spines to slash cacti at night, Weird. allowing juice to run from the plants. On later nights, the creature was said to return to drink the now-fermented juice. So the juice ferments. The then-drunken creature is said to shriek throughout the night. The cactus cat was a very hostile creature towards any animal invading their territory. Yeah, so it got drunk on a cactus juice and run around. Sounds like a (laughs) two-stroke. Yeah, a little bit of two-stroke. Here's a good one. The Dungavan Hooter. The Dungavan Hooter. What? Oh, yeah. A, cro- hooder. a crocodile creature with no mouth. <laughs> instead of instead having huge nostrils, <laughs> it uses its tail to pound loggers into gas, <laughs> which it then inhales for sustenance. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Why hasn't something more been done on that? I thing? don't know. That's a good one, Dungenhaven though. Dungenhaven Hooter. Dungenhaven Hooter. Dungenhaven Hooter. And then we got the, go- the Goombaroo. <laughs> Gumbaroo. It is said to be larger than a bear and resembles a walking football <laughs> with a tough, shiny black hide that nothing could pierce. Wow. Only way to, only way to kill it is set it on fire, which causes it to explode. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. That was a good one, too. Down in Timbuktu, I found me a Gumbaroo. Yeah. You ever seen a hide behind? Gumbaroo. The hide behind is a nocturnal fearsome creature. Critter. I keep seeing creature. Uh, that preys upon humans that wander in the woods. Was blamed, was blamed for the disappearances of early loggers as they failed to return to camp. Where the hell Steve? Probably got hide behind. Got him. Yeah. As his name suggests, the hide behind is noted for its ability to conceal itself. When an observer attempts to look directly at it, the creature hides behind an object or the observer, and therefore cannot be directly seen. <laughs> I love to yeah. lump the words together to make it scary. Look, it's a hide behind. <sighs> Too late. Look, it's hide. <sighs> He's a creator. Hid. 
Every time. <laughs> One old nasty creature. The hide behind uses his ability to stalk human prey without being observed and to attack without warning. Their victims, including lumberjacks and others who frequent the forest, are then dragged back to the creature's lair to be devoured. The creature subsists chiefly upon the intestines of the victim and has a severe aversion to alcohol, wow. which is considered a sufficient repellent. <laughs> Better get drunk. Better get drunk. Don't want to get... try and throw a Molotov at me. Yep. So anyways, that's the hide behind. That's a good oh, one. Oh, no, that was the, the gumbaroo. Yeah. And then we got the hoogag. That's a good one. <laughs> it resembled a large terrestrial mammal quadruped with an extensive upper lip. Preventing it from grazing. And jointless <laughs> legs preventing it from lying down. <laughs> this is the worst. I know. Evolution of evolution. <laughs> so it's like got these real stiff legs, so just tip over. <laughs> and it can't graze because it has this big upper lip that just like flops over. <laughs> it's like some of those dinosaurs. I'm like, I think you got bones mixed up. <laughs> you got bones from like a goat. It's like and an still trinosaurs. Just yeah, like, I, know. I don't know. You got some bones mixed up. Anyway, that's the who gag. Um, you two go down, suck face. I don't want you who gagging. <laughs> you know, we go who gagging tipping the night. You'd fall right over. They got no joints on their legs. <laughs> it's like it's like a, a, one of those fainting goats. fainting goats. <laughs> yeah, they just stiffen up. Last one I got is called the side hill gouger. Ooh. Yeah, he's adapted to living on hillsides by having legs on one side of their body shorter than legs <laughs> on the opposite side. <laughs> so he's no good on flat ground. Let me tell you this right now. He gets out of the hills, he can't run. Really. Yeah, he, he just sh- runs in a circle. He ain't shit on flat ground, but on the hillside, he's a king. <laughs> he just runs in a small circle, yeah. trying to get away on flat ground. This peculiarity allows them to walk on steep hillsides, although only in one direction. <laughs> when lured or chased into the plain, they are trapped in an endless circular path. <laughs> <laughs> it did say that. Yeah. Gougers are said to have migrated to the west from New England, a feat accomplished by a pair of gougers who clung to each other in a fashion comparable to a pair of drunks going home from town with their legs longer so they on the like outer sides. The, they, or they would, uh, oh man. There's a Vermont. They countered it, huh? Yep, there's a Vermont variation known as a Wampa Hoofus. It is reported. <laughs> It's reported that farmers crossbreed them with their cows so they could graze on the mountainsides. That's that's a wampa hoofus, so. though. It's a wampa hoofus. Yeah. That sounds like a Willy Wonka. It does, thing. huh? Yeah. That, Anyways. Got it from the wampa hoofus. Yeah. The wampa hoofus was, was, there's a fuzzy was. Yeah, it's a Cr- Zeus book. So those are the fearsome the critters. The wampa hoofus hoofus was a goofus. <laughs> <laughs> wampa hoofus was a doofus, but that's okay, because we don't mind. <laughs> the side heel gouger. Yeah, oh, my God. It's like the good. NASCAR of animals. Yeah. It just has it to stay on, goes direction. around this one side. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But anyways, that's a bunch of uh, monsters. Yeah. That's if you haven't heard of them, legendary creatures. Maybe one of them will stick out if anybody ever brings up the Wampa Hoofus. Before we leave, though, I want to talk about Tac Pack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's because yeah, yeah. today's podcast is brought to you by Tac Pack, the only monthly tactical subscription box with useful professional grade stuff inside. Use code Casual Preppers. Get a free separate bag sent of EDC gear along with your first month's Tac Pack. Oh, You can counter the uh, mm. Anka Wampa Hoofus. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yep. Anyways, that's the Halloween special this year, guys. Um, it's a longie, it's but a long- it'll save your life. Yeah, you never know which one of we these We didn't creatures. tell you how to survive because you can't. Mm-mm. Just don't. You just hope you never get in. No. I mean, how are you gonna how are you gonna survive a Loveland frog encounter? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just have the a gun side hill gou- gouger or the wampahoofus be easy. Yeah. I just run a flag. Run into a flag. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate you listening. Stay survived.